On this episode of Trading Camp, we interview K1 Calls. He talks about his trading journey, how to adapt to varying market conditions, and how he is using Twitch live streaming to help new traders. This episode is brought to you by Kane Capital, a trading community over 10,000 strong focused on education and personal growth. Link in the notes to join for free today. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheel of dealing, everybody to another episode of trading camp investing like champions this is now episode 10 we got another special guest with us we got another interview Noah, are you excited for this one yeah this one's gonna be fire really excited for episode 10 can't believe we're already 10 episodes deep um and we have another banger for you guys tonight so i'm really excited to get going i know dude it feels like time is literally flying by um but yeah episode 10 now exciting stuff for us but what's most exciting is that we have K1 calls on trading camp with us tonight. K1, how we doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. Really excited to have you, brother. Obviously, like we've been seeing how much you're growing on Twitter and it doesn't come without reason. I mean, your calls are just excellent. As everybody knows, you're a really skilled options trader. We're going to get into that. Uh, but I want to start by asking you how you got into investing or into finance or stock trading to begin with. Yeah. First off, I just want to say thanks. I uh, appreciate the praise from you guys. Uh, definitely seen some good work out of you guys, uh, just hanging out in the Discord and following you guys on Twitter. But uh, I started out uh, right before the COVID crash of 2020. So I started out just wanting to... Uh, I, was, I was working an internship at an investment firm, and I just wanted to take some of that money I was making during that internship and just put it in some uh, investments, maybe, and then see if I could come back for my senior year of college with a little bit more money than I came in on. And I mean, once I uh, started hearing more about just like this COVID virus starting and uh, starting in China, I read the headlines about how it was spreading and spreading and spreading. I kind of took a look at the market and I saw that the cruise lines we're starting to come down a little bit. I, I had no idea how to read a chart at this point, but I heard a story about a cruise line getting stuck at sea because there was an outbreak on the cruise line and how COVID was spreading like a wildfire on that cruise. So I uh, just kind of threw caution to the wind through, I think, like 70 bucks at a Carnival cruise line put. Um, and then the next day, that 70 bucks was 280 bucks. And I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Um, let's see if the whole market dumps on this. Took uh which I would never do this now, but in my like naive beginner stage, I just took that uh money I made on the cruise line puts, threw it in uh some spy puts for this next day expiration. And uh <laughs> By the by, the end of that next day, my two hundred bucks from the cruise line puts was then eight hundred bucks. Um, 
And I kind of just took that uh, theme of like the stock market's dumping, the economy's going to crash on this. And this was February. This was before like it even hit the US. And I just kept uh, taking those profits and laying them into like more crazy out of the money strikes, seeing when, uh, seeing when that would finally like miss. And I just had a lot of success doing that. Uh, eventually in my beginner stage, that obviously didn't work out for me. I ended up blowing up most of that account, but ever since then I was kind of hooked to, uh, learning how to actually make it in that, make a consistent return doing uh, similar things to that. And about a year and a half later, I finally kind of got to the point where I was a bit more consistent and not going on these portfolio 500% portfolio minus 10% type runs. That's actually awesome. It's funny that you say that because literally around that same time, um, Money Mander and I, for for those who don't know Money Mander, one of the traders in King Capital Discord, he and I were in a class together. And this was basically like before we had even really started learning about options. But in this class, we learned about options. And um, they gave us like a portfolio, like a fake portfolio of like $500,000. And um, we were just starting to learn like the power of puts and whatnot. And I remember we would just do, we did the exact same thing that you did. Like we would just hammer these like zero DTE spy puts. And we literally like, we came in first and second in the class, like returned like 1300%, got to like $6 million. And we were like, wait a minute, like (laughs) it, like that's like a real thing like that we can do with like real money and actually like be successful. And so that like, for me, and I know that for him, that was a that was a transformational experience, and just like turning your eyes on to like what can actually happen in the stock market, like how people actually make money. Um, and I feel like that's definitely kind of what happened to you. You got hooked, you got that little taste, and then you got hooked. And I think that a lot of people um, don't stay with it. That's that's their main problem. So congrats to you for staying with it and turning it into you know the the, the success that you've had to this point. Yeah, definitely. I would say uh, that that's kind of the theme with like most traders that have found successes. They they're just stubborn and they don't quit uh, when they're having those tough streaks. I mean, it's a big learning curve, but obviously, if you can get past that learning curve, there's a lot to lot to be reaped from it. So, K one, I'm curious. So, prior to the podcast, we were talking a little bit about you know just like trading in general and whether or not we trade small caps or options. And I was saying how I trade small caps, but you don't particularly trade small caps. What was it that drew you to options? Because it seems like right from the beginning, that was what you were most interested in. Yeah. So um, I mean, like before that, I had played small caps a few times. And uh, to be honest, I, I feel like every time I would play them, I was kind of... Uh, just getting screwed. I mean, I, I took a few uh, small cap positions before I hopped into options too. And that was mostly just off of like minimal research, me kind of just throwing some money around at stuff I read on like stock twits or Reddit and just like didn't really have the patience for it. Um, so that, and then just seeing uh those results like those poor results right off the bat and then seeing the good results off options that kind of just drove drove me to options right off the bat yeah that makes a lot of sense there's a lot of nuances when it comes to trading small caps um there's like a lot of different strategies out there whether you're swinging scalping um obviously a lot of those strategies carry over to options but 
when learning options trading, which is something that I'm currently learning, um, you know, I see all these guys taking all these plays and there's a lot of structure behind their picks. And we'll get into Adam Sliver um, and the levels don't lie crew in a little bit. But a lot of what you guys are doing is based on, you know, a strategy. And I will say that it, I do think it's a little bit easier to implement, you know, a solid set in stone strategy when you're when you're trading options, which does make it makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think if you can get that strategy in place and like actually follow your s- system, you'll see a bit more consistency in the option game. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more risk though because if you kind of fall off the wagon in options, it's it's a lot less forgiving. But the the kind of intensity is something I enjoy personally. That makes sense. I think that's what draws a lot of people into the options game. And so let's talk a little bit about your strategy. I know that um, you're part of the Levels Don't Lie crew who, um, if you haven't heard our interview with Adam Sliver, is you know one of the members of the Levels Don't Lie crew. You guys trade off of these key levels and stocks. And essentially, um, it makes it easy for you guys to have like this binary decision in terms of I'm going to buy here and you know I'm playing between these two levels and whatnot. And so, talk to me first a little bit about that relationship that you have with Adam Sliver and some of those guys, and then talk to us about your particular strategy and how you implement levels don't lie in your everyday trading. Yeah, so I actually uh, didn't meet any of those levels don't lie people until uh, just besides Dbook. Um, me and Dbook kind of started out our trading journey together, um, and it wasn't until like September this year where. Uh, D-Book just added me to a group chat with those guys and we kind of just talked about like what uh, what our trading plans for the next day were, what type of tickers we were looking at and like just sending results of some of our trades. Um, and we just kind of just kind of saw like how similar a lot of uh, a lot of our methods truly were. Um, so and then D-Book, obviously, he uh, kind of came up with that levels don't lie saying back in may and i i think they saw it on twitter and just kind of took it and ran with it and that's kind of what sparked uh debooking them uh becoming friends and then just me uh in general getting introduced to them i think we kind of taught each other a little bit more about um our own trading styles and implemented them uh dom or spy guy uh on twitter he kind of focuses more on like the unusual whales option activity and he kind of brought that game to us and then there's rocky b that plays a lot of uh like those new scalps he also kind of got me onto that train a little bit and i think uh just like sliver dbook and i just where we draw our levels and just like how we execute off the levels they kind of were able to get some game off of that so just kind of all working together to better each other and uh, take a little bit out of each other's game and learn from it. No, I think it's funny that he's mentioning how they started off in a group chat um, and they were just giving each other trade ideas. And then they kind of decided to go public with it by going onto Twitter. Uh, That's (laughs) basically how Kane Capital started. And we just interviewed the OBR investing guys last week. Very similar story there. It seems like traders kind of realize early on, hey, maybe I have some sort of idea what's going on here. And you just kind of want to share your ideas, which is good because you guys are honestly helping a lot of people. Like I really do appreciate and love what you guys are doing. Like, obviously we had the interview with Adam. He's a great guy. I mean, getting to meet you is awesome, 
But I do want to talk about your trading strategy in particular and how you were kind of able to turn your game around. Yeah. So um, it wasn't really until I would say like May of this year where it really started clicking. But uh, like in February, I had some success and that's mostly, mostly just focusing only on like the Fubos, the, uh, the solar names, CCIV, like those really st- like high growth, low revenue type names because that was the theme of the market then. Um, and I just was hyper fixated on like that, like the Bitcoin miners, you know, just like these very speculative companies. And then once, uh, once that like theme kind of died out, I was kind of still stuck on that theme and it, it made me lose a lot of those profits I gained in February. And, uh, it wasn't until like, I kind of took a step back and kind of looked cause I mean, obviously spy wasn't taking nearly to the extent of say like a Fubo CCIV Palantir type name. And I was like, okay, well, what am I missing? The whole market is strong. I'm just playing the wrong the wrong names like how how can i make myself actually be in the right names at the right time so i learned a bit more uh miss izzy is someone i follow that taught me a lot about this uh just like finding strength in the sectors and um finding the strongest looking names of those sectors and just playing it off that uh that's a huge part and just making sure you're in the right spot at the right time with your trades because like uh like we talked about a little bit previously uh you can be you can be a great trader but if you're not looking in the right spots you're you're going to have a tough time kind of getting consistent returns no doubt and that's actually something um like you mentioned like we talked about before we hopped on like if you're if you're trying to trade things that are don't really have volume or that's not really the sector that's hot right now um you can find yourself struggling and not to say you can't do it a lot of people who have a lot more patience than me like to you know sit in, in sit in sectors and like you said wait for that sector rotation and kind of pick those sectors that are down and wait for that run up um and if that's your strategy all power to you but i think for the type of trading that i know that you do and that i do you definitely want to be in sectors that are hot that are moving you want to be in names that have momentum behind them um and try and capitalize off of that talk to me a little bit about uh, miss izzy i know that you mentioned that she was somebody who helped you out um, I've seen her on Twitter and seems like an absolutely great resource. Touch, touch on how she taught you about sector rotation and um, how to find hot plays in the market. A big thing that she will uh, take a look at at the start of every week is the economic calendar. And she's been in the market for, for a while now. So um, I feel like that just kind of comes with a bit of experience and a bit of intuition. When you, when you look at the economic calendar, you kind of have to think like, okay, uh, inflation data is this day. What do you think the market is going to do leading up to this inflation data? What is a defensive name to play for inflation? And what is a name that might get hurt a little bit more by inflation? So as we, uh, as we, as, as you can see, like with those CPI numbers, almost every single time we'll see, uh, on XLK, the technology sector ETF. You'll get a minus two percent, minus percent and a half day leading up into it, just because inflation's just gonna hit tech a bit harder than say inflation hitting like an industrial or even so a material name where they're a bit more defensive to those uh, 
to those type of numbers. Right. Yeah. That's something that I've also noticed. Um, you know, and, and we talked about it before we came on is that a lot of these stocks right now in particular are kind of, um, the market is at a, in a place where the indices are going up. Um, you know, a lot of the larger cap, uh, names in, in the S and P 500, the apples and the, uh, Amazons of the world, those companies are breaking out at the moment and bringing the indexes higher. But when you take a look beneath the surface, we have a lot of, um, you know, s- smaller, large cap to mid cap names that are, um, well over 20% off the highs at this point. And I think that, you know, if you do a deeper dive, a lot of those names are in tech. Um, a lot of tech names have been getting hit here, like you said, as you know, these incre- inflation fears creep up. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a cycle that traders have to pay attention to. I know a lot of people like to play the, um, PLTRs, you know, and names like that, some of the cult tickers and, you know, you have to take a step back and kind of look at the macro environment because those names are not always going to be in favor. And you just have to know that when they are, you can, you know, keep your foot on the gas and that when you're not, you may need to take a step back, look to play it on the downside or move to a different sector. So, um, I can definitely appreciate that. And a, a lot of it is, uh, having that thesis, but you don't necessarily play off of, uh, play off of what you predict. It's just, knowing that that's a possibility and then you let the price action actually push you into making that decision you know um that 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 was kind of like a big learning lesson for me uh starting out as a trader i would trade just on my intuition like i would say okay i think this is what is gonna happen next and make a trade slowly off that before letting uh price action truly confirm like that that bias, I guess I had. Yeah. I think it's really important that you were able to make that adjustment. I think early on, a lot of traders, they get what I like to call tunnel vision, um, especially when it comes to whether it's like, you know, trading certain sectors or whether it's trading small caps versus large caps versus mid caps or options versus just trading in shares. There's a lot. Um, you can never stop learning. We always talk about this on the podcast, right? Just because no, and I no, it's funny. We were talking about this the other day, and you actually might do a better job of explaining this. But you think you could think for you know a certain time of the year for a few months that your strategy is working really well, right? And you could think you finally figured it out. That may not be the case. It could be because the sector you're trading is hot. Um, so what we're trying to do as traders is develop strategies that will work in stimulated and non-stimulated markets, which is really important, right? No, we were talking about that. Yeah, and I think. You know, you can kind of get lulled into that false sense of security where, you know, I remember when I first started trading, not like first started trading, but like, I guess first started trading in 2021, like back in January, I would just buy weekly contracts like on Monday for um, the ARK ETF, like all of them. And by the end of the week, like they would obviously have ripped like two, 300%. And then I would just keep doing that over and over again. And it was like... Oh, like I literally found a strategy. Like at the beginning of the week, I'm just going to buy weekly options. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, no, like literally, I was like, oh, like this is like a strategy. This is a thing. Like nobody else knows about this. And like, I'm just going to rip this until I'm a millionaire. And like when the market kind of turned around in February, I kept doing it and I lost my money so fast. And it was like, dude, like that was not a strategy. Like you just happened to be in a really hot sector at that time. Like that was when ARC had like a ton of Tesla. Tesla was ripping. This was Tesla pre-split at like $2,000 a share. I'm over here thinking that I'm like a wizard. And it's like, no, dude, Tesla's up 50% in the last month. Like, that has nothing to do with you. So like, you definitely do want to make sure that 
um, you know, the strategies that you're using are going to be durable. And it's honestly okay if they're not. It's okay if you're trading, you know, the current theme that's in front of you, but just be be on the lookout for when that theme is no longer a thing. Don't keep pressing your foot on the gas because you'll drive off a cliff, right? You don't, you don't want that. Um, and I, I like something else that you said is that a lot of times traders can be shifting around strategies when they're first starting or um, having tunnel vision is what you said. And I think that that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a curse because like I just said, you can kind of get lulled into that false sense of uh, security. But it's also a blessing because if you really do, if you look at some of the best traders in our space, whether it's Stock Sniper or a K1 or you know somebody like me, like I think that if you have that tunnel vision, you have to have a strategy like off the rip, like initially to where you're comfortable with that. Like that's going to be your bread and butter. Like I know that coach um, Dipka in the dip in the uh, discord is constantly like his bread and butter is small caps. Like he'll trade options with us. Like whenever, um, you know, small caps aren't necessarily hot or if things are moving, but when small caps move, best believe that he's, you know, getting back to his bread and butter with the quickness. Cause that's, you know, his core strategy. And I think that a lot of traders, um, that tunnel vision will be good for like developing that core strategy that then, you know, when they go out and learn other things, they can always fall back on that. So I think that that's important too. Definitely. And I would say uh, a tip like with uh, people starting out in charting um, and they're not like super confident in their charting abilities is pick like a couple stocks that you're just going to follow. You don't have to trade them every day, but just kind of get a feel for how that like one, two, three, or however many stocks you want to watch at a single time, get a feel for how those kind of move. And uh, it'll, it'll get to a point where like you can kind of just like kind of get a vibe almost from these companies and you can just trade those like at least two or three times a month. Uh, and I'll like go through phases like I used to trade AT&T all the time. Um, and then ever since they kind of cut their dividend, it's just been such a dead stock. So then I moved on to... MO, which is like Altria, and now they're kind of like a slow bleeding stock. So just kind of like bouncing around and having like one or two stocks and you can grow it as you get more comfortable uh, reading charts quickly, but just having a few stocks that you can always like go back to and see like, all right, this will be an easy scalp. I, I already have my level set on anywhere I could possibly imagine for this company. And I kind of get the gist of how this one moves and just kind of executing off that. Yeah. It's funny that you actually say that because we were talking about Stock Sniper the other day. Um, and he his style is like extremely unique. I don't know if you've seen it, but like he literally will trade like 10 names in a single day. And he's usually just taking them for small scouts, but sometimes they'll turn into massive winners, right? And I, it, his strategy is so crazy because like he'll call something and I'll go into the chart and I'll try and see what he's seeing and I can't like I've like I have no clue like where he's where his level is or like what he's taking the trade off of there to work out and in talking to him I kind of figured out that thing is it's because he's traded the name like so many times yeah like half the name half the time he's just traded that specific name like for just two years straight. He's like, yeah, bro. Like I've been trading this name every day for the last two years. Like I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's like, that's the benefit of kind of, you know, sticking like uh K one said, 
sticking with certain stocks and kind of getting a feel for how they move is that you do eventually become like you, you understand the personality of the stock and that makes it exponentially easier uh, to take trades. All right. So K1, I want to pivot a little bit here and I want to talk about how you are expanding your brand. So I see on your Twitter that you have started a Twitch channel. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yep. So I've actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, Just, I've noticed, uh, like, I started out just doing Discord alerts on a couple of different Discords, and that was cool. And then I, I moved into doing it on my Twitter as well as the Discord, and I slowly kind of got just sick of, um, like, because there's these great scalps that I'll take every single day, but I've noticed that there's so many people that are just kind of like starting out still where. I'll like tweet out or alert this uh like scalp trade I'm taking and they'll they'll hold it thinking like it's a swing trade because and I, I'm so preoccupied with like trading at the same time where like it was just such a hassle to like give a full trading plan while also executing that trading plan where I kinda got to the point where I was like, I'm just gonna stream this and they can listen to me execute the trade word for word they'll know when i'm like starting to scale when i cut a loss or like if i roll the contract out into a different strike and it's just a lot more succinct and i think people learn a lot more watching the process actually happen in real time whereas it, versus me just like trying to like tweet out a trade plan over five different tweets yeah man and that really speaks to I think a lot of people don't understand that alerting is even difficult at sometimes just because I mean, yeah. especially in options trading, right? Like these contracts are moving so quickly that by the time you like go in the discord or you just type on Twitter, like the contract <laughs> already moved and then you have people complaining, right? It's like, yeah, they'll be like, what the hell, man? Like, you're just trying to, <laughs> you're just trying to pump this contract. It's like, <laughs> no, man, this is spy. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. it just moves fast, dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, dude, I'm not, I'm not like pumping spy. It doesn't work like that. But <laughs> um, no, and I think that's a really good thing that you are on Twitch now. I um, mean, you know, giving those live calls, you're doing those live calls. I know that that does help a lot of traders, especially when you're able to sit there and just like listen to the th- the trader's thought process. You know, if you're mm-hmm. like talking out loud, and it's like you're not only you know giving an alert, you're also talking about the reasoning behind the trade, which is something we like to talk about. Um, you won't get better as a trader until you understand why you're taking the trade, whether it's, you know, based on key levels or volume um, or whatever it can be. There's a, there's the point is there's a lot of different factors that go into, you know, taking a trade or taking an options play. I mean, by being live and actually speaking your mind, you're able to kind of let these guys know, listen, this is what's going on here. And that's going to in turn make them better traders. Yeah. And like when I'm, when I'm simply just like drawing levels, even that like people have reached out to me and said that that's helpful because I mean, I do recall like when I was first starting trading, I was like, I would would always read like people say like, respect your levels. Like you should have levels drawn and it's like, okay, well, how do I know where to draw a level? Like at like just starting out, it seemed arbitrary. I was like, okay, like I know I need to have them, but how do I, draw them, you know, and like just being able to watch someone do something simple like that alone can be helpful to someone starting out or like what does a bull flag look like on a one minute chart? Like if, if you're trying to play open, 
a, a bull flag on a one minute chart might not look pretty, but it probably will have the same technical rules to a one minute chart or a bull a bull flag as a five minute chart. And just being able to see that 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 helped me a lot just watching some other traders uh stream. Yeah. I think I've 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 talked about this a lot before too on the podcast is that you know, when I was first starting out, one of the main things that I just wanted to do was kind of be a fly on the wall in like a trader's uh, room watching a setup. And like, for me, that's just, I'm like a visual learner. And so it's like, I just need to know like how to do something. I just need to see you do it first. And then it's like, all right, like that makes sense to me. Like I tried, so like I tried watching YouTube videos and reading books and nothing ever taught me better than like actually watch sitting there and watching somebody trade because like for me it was just like okay i see what you're looking at as you take this trade i see what you're like i see why you're cutting this you know you got in and you're up you know 10% like it looks like it could go 20 30% why are you cutting it now oh i see what you're looking at so like that sort of i guess transfer of ideas is something that i think streaming really brings into play and um, we were kind of talking about this. We just had an interview um, with the guys at OBR Investing, and we were kind of just talking about the future of, uh, you know, financial literacy, financial media, and, um, you know, FinTwit, obviously, as we said, is growing almost like tenfold in this past year. You know, COVID has had a huge push on that. But I, f- I feel like personally, this is really going to be the next stage in that FinTwit kind of learning just because it speeds up the learning curve for anybody who wants to get in and get involved in trading. Like in my opinion, the best way to do it is to actually sit there and watch somebody do it. And what better than on a free live stream, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's the direction that um, FinTwit is really heading. And I think that in a year we're going to be surprised to see how many people are going to be live streaming their trades. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a mutually beneficial thing too. I mean, I, I would recommend it to any trader that has the time to sit down at their desk the whole day and live commentate their trades, which I know is kind of a tall task. But I mean, even like there, like today, I had, I had just completely ignored Ford and I someone in the chat just was like, Hey, look at Ford. And I was able to, I wasn't taking the trade myself, but I was able to say, Oh yeah, Ford uh, broke 2015. That's a big daily spot. I think we have room to 2050. And while I didn't take the trade, other people were able to execute on that just general idea I gave them. And I would have never even thought of that trade um, had someone not brought up that ticker to me. So it just kind of gives you those extra eyes on the market. Yeah, that happens actually a lot in the Discord when Coach goes live. He's um, trading these Adam Sliver watchlist levels, um, and you know taking the calls off the call trigger, the puts off the put trigger. And um, for those who don't know about Adam's watchlist, he puts out you know like four to five stocks, and each of them have two triggers. So that's about ten levels. And obviously, you can't watch ten things at one time. So a lot of the times for him, he'll have one or two of them up. And then the guys in the live stream will put in the chat, they'll tag him, hey, you know, BA is approaching this call trigger, DKNG is approaching this put trigger. And that just enables him to almost, like you said, just have, you know, extra eyes on the market, extra eyes watching these levels where you can get in um, at a better entry as opposed to cycling through, you know, five different stocks and kind of freaking out. Yeah. And I would say uh, to people that kind of struggle 
keeping their eyes on so many tickers at once. If you just uh, put that trigger out there and then say you have Trading View or Weeble, you can just set an alert and you'll get a ding on your phone or on your computer. And that will that will give you the idea that the stock might be approaching it and then you can take a closer look. I think something that we could also talk about and that I'm assuming you'll agree with is that trading live and you know interacting with these people is also just extremely rewarding, right? Like you're seeing all these people that you're helping, you know, make money or just become better traders. And it no longer just becomes, you know, taking the trades for yourself. And like, obviously we're all here to make money, but having that sense of community is something that's like really exciting. I know firsthand just from being in the discord and, you know, from the podcast and the interaction that we're starting to have with people on Fintwit. There's a lot of positives that come from that. And I'm sure you're seeing that from your Twitch channel as well. I'd say it's also a good anchor. A a big part about trading, obviously, is keeping a level head, not being too emotional. And obviously, if you have a trade go poorly, you don't want to be throwing a tantrum live in front of a bunch of people on the internet. So it kind of forces you to stay a bit more grounded in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think we're going to start to wrap up here. Uh, Before we go, let's talk about, you know, like some tips that you would give traders obviously you mentioned a few but some like pretty set tips that you would give traders who are just now starting to trade um and you know kind of dive into what helped you when you were starting out as a trader number one tip i can give to people is read a volume price analysis by anna colin it is that's a great book man it's reads like a textbook um it's not going to excite the hell out of you or anything but there's just so much, uh, so many basic concepts broken down to such uh, such precise detail where you can kind of just get more intuition off the market just reading it and take your time reading it and read it in chunks and then come back the next day trading and kind of try and slowly apply it and you'll see yourself become a better trader pretty quickly doing that. Yeah, that's a great book. I personally read it. I was actually talking to Noah about it. I think it was last night. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, how funny is that? That book definitely helped me out um, early on. Like like you said, it it reads like a textbook, right? It's not like the most exciting thing, but there is like the basics of the basics. Like it's pretty much like everything. I mean, that that might be an overstatement, but it's almost everything you need to know when you're starting out as a trader. How about... Uh, like any, are there any guys, um, you know, that maybe influenced you early on in your career or any traders that you sort of looked up to and mimicked your style after? Yeah, I would say the top three starting out for me were, uh, Mrs. E, Trader Stewie and Ripster. Um, and then I guess I'll, I'll throw in, I kind of found this by myself, but I used the volume profile indicator a lot. Um, I know. I think it's Prez, Mr. Prez Trades on Twitter. He he breaks down using the volume profile really well, and so does uh, Brady VPA from Atlas. Yeah, the Mr. Prez Trades is awesome. Um, really good options trader, very experienced. Definitely recommend shooting him a follow as well. Yeah, so make sure you guys give all those names uh, a follow. And again, there are so many people out there on Fintwit that provide tons of knowledge. You mentioned Ripster. His charts are just like incredible, unmatched. Like he's definitely someone I look up to as well when it comes to charting. He's a really skilled trader, as we know. For sure. Yeah, he does a great job of just breaking down simple concepts too. And on like big companies like Microsoft or Apple, I mean, he'll trade 
just about anything. All right. And lastly, how about mentality? Like what helped you to, you know, to remain level-headed when, when things got rough? Yeah, I would say, uh, just not like the number one thing is abundance mentality. Like say you leave $30,000 on the table on a trade that's going to happen. Like you're signing up for that. You you can never be the victim. Don't blame manipulation. Don't blame the market makers that all the blame goes on you. Uh, it like, it's your job to avoid manipulation, avoid, like avoid shady companies. So if you find yourself getting like screwed on something in that, you just have to realize that it's your fault for not, realizing that risk going into the trade. Uh, you have to take full responsibility for your money on every trade. Yeah, man. I completely agree with that. Um, K1, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, bro. I really, really enjoy this. Really enjoyed the talk. Um, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot, of more, a lot more of you moving forward. Um, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, you're growing pretty quickly here. So excited to see what your future brings, man. Yeah. Appreciate being on, guys. Uh, this is an awesome podcast. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, bro. Take care, guys. All right, Noah, another solid episode. I'll see you next week, bro. Absolutely. Let's get after it. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.